your views, your news, your Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. Good news for Richard Harris fans. Richard Harris, Raising Hell and Reaching for Heaven. The book is set to come out this Friday, I believe. And there's also a feature-length documentary on Sky Arts this weekend, which we'll be talking more about later with our own Lindanine because he's in it. But Joe Jackson, a close friend of Richard, wrote the book and he joins us this morning. Good morning to you, Joe. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. Was that clip Richard Harris on the field? (laughs) <laughs> shush don't be given hints okay. but it wasn't no um, uh, nice try and you can't enter the competition either um, but I, know, I, know, I was I just looking here you came to blows nearly with Richard the first time you met him is that right Or tell us about that yeah I uh, you mentioned the film there I'm in the film too and there is there's an aspect of the whole film wanting to say there was more to the man than uh, there, there, many people thought there was I, antici- I knew that before I went to meet him because I was a lifetime fan who had read his poetry, had his albums and watched many of his movies. Many were crap, some were fantastic. So when I saw him on a Jonathan Ross show, I said, here he goes again, giving the same old 10 funny stories, as great as they were. I wanted to present more imprint to the readers of, of the magazine I was working for at the time. But he had manipulated the media all his life. He told me the year before he died. He had a performance he put on for journalists. He called it his performance as Richard Harris. I didn't know that then. But before we started, I said, look, you said recently truth can be dull. And I'd prefer today if we went for even murky truth rather than tell colorful lies. And he was eating his breakfast and he said, did I say that? And I said, no, I, I said the, first, the second half. Does it sound like you? And he said, no, you sound pretentious. But let's go ahead. Let's see where it goes. So it started off with that tension and 20 minutes into it, he really erupted. And he said, you're a funny guy coming in here with all your questions. There are no answers. But something changed then after about 30 minutes. We got totally in tune and we never lost that for the rest of his life. Wow. And how would you describe him as someone who knew him, I suppose, was closer to him than the rest of us? Was he a very different, you mentioned there, he, 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 I suppose he put on a performance depending on the situation he was in. Yeah. How did. would you describe him to the rest of us? Well, you know, there's a lot about him. There's a lot in the movie. A lot about him is, is to me, limerick based. It's in his DNA. It's in his soul. And I do a podcast called the Joe Jackson Interviews podcast. And I just finished one. And I call it, you know, Richard Harris was a hellraiser, we know, but he also was reaching for heaven. There's a part in the film where he says, and it's a famous quote, and he used it with Michael Parkinson. He continually said when anyone said, were you running from something when you were drinking? And he said, no, we weren't running from anything. We loved drinking and that's that. But towards the end of the first interview, I said to him, and it was a heady comment, but he tuned in immediately. I said, To many people, excessive indulgence in drink and sex and drugs is like spitting in the face of death. And he got it immediately and he said, I agree totally with that. And then he said that his behavior patterns, such as all those excesses, were his attempt to keep at bay his awareness of doom and death. Now, he'd he'd never revealed himself, but it was only at the end of his life he told me the real lie in that I never ran from anything. He said, I asked him in uh, 2001, I said, you're back on drinking. When did you go start again? And he said, in 1996, when my brother Jimmy died. And he said, Joe, when my sister Audrey died 50 years earlier, 
I got a terrible dread of going into the family tomb. Now, I know there are people in Limerick who wonder why he wasn't buried there. And this is the answer to that question. He had a dread of going into the tomb. And I said, but you once wrote a poem in which you stood beside your father's corpse and prayed to him. And he said, I did, but that was in my tubercular room in Overdale where he lived. He said, even when my mother died and my father died, I hid behind a tree. And I said, but what was so terrifying about the tomb? And he said, this, this feeling of going under the earth. Now, you, you think of a boy of 15 getting that dread and carry that forward to a man of 71 telling me that. And you see, you get a deep insight into the soul of Richard Harris. So wow, very, man, very I, deep. I, no, but you see, that's how deep he was. Mm. And his public image that we all know was like a defense against people getting to know that. He would not, maybe he wouldn't have wanted me to say that this morning on the radio in Limerick, right? But it was the part of him he kept hidden from most people. And recently I met, and it's a blessing in my life, his brother Noel. And Noel said to me, Joe, I think you got to know him better than even members of his family, because I didn't know Richard was like that. He didn't know Richard was very religious at the end of his life. So there are all the aspects I explore in the book. And that's the Richard I love talking to for hours. Our last conversation lasted 14 hours. 14 hours? Yeah. Yeah. We went from an interview to a pub, but we just kept talking. The man, for whatever reason, opened up to me in a way that few interviews. I've interviewed about 1,400 celebrities. And Richard just opened up in a way that I know he didn't to anybody else. And a few other interviewees did to me. So that's the, now that's a complicated answer to your question. But that was the side of Richard Harris I grew to love and good to know. And he was my friend. Sounds like a lot of layers there. And you got to peel back some layers that others didn't. Well, um, yeah, because a lot of people don't know even that he published a book of poetry or he won a Grammy for his reading of Jonathan Livingston Seagull. You know, they don't know there are these other dimensions. He was a great writer. He wrote, he wrote great poems. He wrote them from the age of nine secretly in Limerick and hid them under his bed because he didn't want people to think he was a bit soft writing poetry. So there's always that tendency to hide his more sensitive side and to be sometimes the obnoxious bully, the brawler, the womanizer, the drunk. All of those things, but yet he comes across as very intelligent as well. Like There's so many characteristics there. Um, The the research... and, and a lot of your material for your book was on taped interviews. Is that right? Yeah. From the late 80s to 2001. Did that take a lot of time to go through all of that and to get the best for this book? Well, it, a lot of it is in the film. I mean, Adrian Tibley is the director of the film and the ghost in the film is voiced from my tapes. So every time Richard says, and he says things as deep as you and I are talking about now, that's him talking to me in 87 or 89 or 90 or 91. So... Yeah, it was Adrian himself picked out maybe the 18 minutes that are running the narration of his 106 minute film. For me, it was hell over the past year because a lot of stuff I didn't share with Adrian. There were private calls. Richard would call me from the Bahamas. He'd be angry at somebody and he'd sound off for an hour. And he'd know I'd tape it and I'd say, Good night, Richard. Good morning. So it was very hard going through all that. But I found some astounding clips that I'd forgotten and really revealing positions he took, particularly in relation to Limerick. There is in the Limerick leader on the 25th a part of the first chapter, which is him attacking Frank McCourt. But he's also explaining why he hated people saying that the Harrises were the elite and they looked down their noses at the poor. And he explains why that to him is not a truth. 
So when I found all those clips again, I went, this has to be in a book. You know, I have to tell the story. And it's mostly his own words. I give him pages of dialogue. And is this the closest we're going to get to Richard Harris's Absolutely. full story? Absolutely. I, I, you know, there's no way... Because he never disclosed those those aspects of his character to anybody else. And one reason he did was that the end of that first uh, interview where he turned on me, he said at the end, I told him at the end that my goal was just to show people he, he was multidimensional rather than one-dimensional. And he then said, would you write a skeleton script for a one-man show based on the same idea? So a lot of the stuff he was telling was also for a show he intended to do. But it was also in 1989, he phoned me up and he said, will you become my official biographer? And I said, yes. So those like 14 hours of conversations or six hours on a couple of subjects, he'd say, keep this for the book. Don't put it in the Irish Times. Don't put it in the Sunday Independent. So there were tons of material there that was meant specifically for the book you now can buy. And why now the book? Well, why now? Yeah. Because it's, because it's tied in tangentially to the film. It's not the book of the film because, you know, I didn't even let, we'd say, the Harrises read the book. It was almost like, I have to tell Richard's story the way he wanted me to tell it. So when I knew the film was coming out and that I was going to be an associate producer, which I am, I'm interviewed in the film, and his voice is based on my tapes, I thought, why not have a book ready for the same time? At the same time? It also is his 20th anniversary. So I thought this is the best time to do good, it. Good best timing. Time it. So yeah. sounds fascinating. Um, tell us where we can get our hands on the book. Well, I'm very happy to say that uh, it's uh, O'Mahony's have been very helpful. I, uh, I'm si- doing a signing with them on Saturday afternoon. I want. I did a show in Limerick in 2016 called Richard Harris Revisited, which Jared Harris introduced. And this book is an, is an elaboration of that show. So I love doing the start of it all in Limerick always, in his memory. And because my mother once told me that her grandfather was called Limerick Jack and came from Limerick. So I'm tipping the hat back to her. So on Saturday afternoon, I'll be kind of launching it in O'Mahony's and they will post it anywhere around the world, you know. So they sell it, but it's also available anywhere. Uh, It's on Amazon. It's in all bookshops from yesterday morning. Fantastic. Well, Joe Jackson, thanks a million for joining us on the show this morning. Richard Harris, Raising Hell and Reaching for Heaven is out now. Your views, your news, your Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95.